0: hi everybody welcome to 2zq hot takes where we discuss issues both big and small i am your host the very handsome tim kirk and today i'll be talking about the mom and pop hood week. Aw, shucks. I got another homey, homespun, friendly, small-town text from Amazon right to my phone, telling me all about how this great offer is available to me on the truck, like they just accidentally opened up a semi and stumbled upon a load of goods, then decided at the last minute to sell it quick before they got caught, and I am lucky enough to be in on this remarkable good fortune. Golly. Major corporations pretending to be mom and pop. Investopedia, in their small business section, posted, what is a mom-and-pop establishment? Mom-and-pop is a colloquial term used to describe a small, family-owned, or independent business. These type of operations often struggle to compete with more substantial establishments, such as big-box retailers, who generally boast more buying power than smaller players. Mom-and-pop is a colloquial term used to describe a small, family-owned, or independent business. These types of operations often struggle to compete with more substantial establishments, such as big box retailers, who generally boast more buying power than smaller players. The term mom-and-pop was historically used to describe local, family-owned, and operated general stores or drugstores, Today, mom-and-pop establishments are synonymous with various different types of businesses, including restaurants, bookstores, automotive repair shops, and insurance agencies. Okay, in many ways, mom-and-pop businesses stand at a steep disadvantage to large corporations, e-commerce sites, and franchise businesses who enjoy bigger economies of scale, greater capital for investments, and larger advertising budgets. This collectively gives larger players a competitive edge over mom-and-pop businesses who frequently shutter their operations in response. Home Depot, anyone? I personally witnessed a number of smaller hardware stores go under when Home Depot opened on 23rd Street. These places were hubs of local activity that made you feel connected to the community and were trusted as knowledgeable, fairly priced, customer service-oriented, and reliable. One great hardware store in the neighborhood even had a great cat named Stanley as the mascot who lived to be an old fella and was revered by everyone who came into the store. The staff referred to him as the boss and we all loved him. Never saw a cat in Home Depot. The article goes on to say, fortunately, there are signs of hope for mom and pop stores. More than ever before, consumers are demanding more personalized products and services. And with an assist from the internet, Small businesses can expand their target audience and broaden their geographical reach. Furthermore, mom-and-pop businesses benefit from local consumers who are determined to pump their money into their communities to promote local economic growth. Mom-and-pop businesses tend to have a vested interest in the community, its citizens, and the local economy. Consequently, they offer highly interactive and personalized services that large corporations cannot replicate. For this reason, Mama Pop stores often win increased brand loyalty among consumers. Keeping that in mind, the following are 13 small eco brands that are owned by giant corporations. Now, before I go on to the list, I'm sure many of us have seen the huge infographic tying all of the major brand logos together and which very few corporations actually own them. But today, I am focusing on a small sector, a subset, if you will. Business Insider posted an article from multiple sources entitled 13 Small Eco Brands That Are Actually Owned by Giant Corporations. Brands like Burt's Bees and Ben & Jerry's attract a growing market of environmentally conscious consumers. They rely on being marketed as local and natural, but many consumers have no clue that these brands now have mammoth multinational overlords. Lots of the companies started as mom and pops, And though selling to a corporation may have been a hard decision, these small business owners all sought ways to preserve their ideals as part of a large company. How this degree of success is measured remains elusive, one might think. Mars bought Seeds of Change for an undisclosed amount in 1997. Seeds of Change was founded as a seed company specializing in organics back in 1989. After candy giant Mars bought the company, Seeds of Change was allowed to keep running mostly as it did before. In 2010, Mars decided to close the Seeds of Change Research Farm and Gardens, which boasted thousands of varieties of plants. The shutdown drew criticism because the farm had been synonymous with the brand and was part of its marketing. General Mills bought Cascadian Farms for an undisclosed amount in 1999. Cascadian Farm used to be famous for its cereals with no added sugar. In 2010, this label disappeared from its boxes. A Cascadian Farm customer said her children noticed a funny new taste in their purely O's. It turned out that the cereal had tripled its sugar count. Cascadian Farm customers felt duped and complained the new cereal tasted dreadful and looked disgusting. Unilever bought Ben & Jerry's for $326 million in 2000. The ice cream maker said Unilever was determined to nurture Ben & Jerry's commitment to community values and its commitment to donate 7.5% of profits to social causes. However, in 2002, the company was accused of abusing its all-natural label by the Center for Science and Public Interest. And in 2005, Ben & Jerry's CEO, Walt Fries. Admitted the company had grown soft on continuing its traditions of social consciousness. Kellogg's bought Kashi for $32 million in 2000. Kellogg's bought the maker of natural cereal for an undisclosed amount. After the acquisition, customers became afraid of Kashi using genetically modified organisms or GMOs known to be used in Kellogg's cereals. From my viewpoint, Cashier can sell its Go Lean cereal as an alternative to insulation material that gets blown between spaces and walls instead of Owen Corning's Pink Panther insulation. Kraft bought Boca Foods for an undisclosed amount in 2000. Boca is best known for its Boca Burgers, which is a meat substitute like all its other products. At the time, Kraft was still owned by mega conglomerate and cigarette monolith Philip Nars. The subsidiary was the target of criticism in 2009 when animal rights groups campaigned against its use of eggs that came from caged hens, all of Boca's products are now egg-free. ConAgra bought Lightlife Foods for an undisclosed amount in 2000. Lightlife produces vegetarian and vegan meat substitutes like smart deli slices and smart bacon, which make it a logical acquisition target for ConAgra, one of the world's largest packaged food companies. But ConAgra has also fought against some natural food initiatives. In 2002, the company joined its competitors in stopping the state of Oregon's measure 27, which would have required it to label products that have genetically altered ingredients. Coca-Cola bought Odwala for $181 million in 2001. I think everybody is now chasing nourishment, said Odwala president Sean Sogama in 2004. Obesity and its related health problems are a huge concern for anybody in the food business. Known for blends such as Sea Monster, Mobetta, Rudy Fruity, and Viva Las Veggies, the juice and natural food bar makers stopped selling the fresh-squeezed orange juice that made Odwala famous since it wouldn't last the days and weeks the juices are in transit or on the shelf. Colgate P., after the acquisition, Tom... <laughs> Colgate purchased Tom's of Maine. After the acquisition, Tom's of Maine loyalists complained about the new toothpaste sweet flavor, the new plastic packaging, and the new smell of deodorant soap. Basically, they complained about everything. L'Oreal buys Body Shop for $1.1 billion in 2006. An index that tracked public perception of more than 1,000 consumer brands found that satisfaction with Body Shop had slumped by almost half since the deal with body shop founder Dame Anita Roddick to sell the company to L'Oreal for 1.1 billion dollars campaigners against animal testing and the Swiss multinational Nestle which has a 26% share in L'Oreal also called for a boycott of Body Shop Pepsi bought Naked Juice for 540 million dollars in 2006 Pepsi's third deal that year to appeal to consumers on healthier diets after buying Stacy's Pita Chips and Izzy Beverage Shortly after acquiring Izzy Beverages and to compete with Coca-Cola, Pepsi bought naked juice blends and smoothies, all free from added sugars, preservatives, and artificial coloring. At the time, Pepsi said their healthy products line had been growing at two and a half times the rate of the rest of its portfolio. Hershey's bought Dagobah chocolate for $17 million in 2006, We're a quirky chocolate company run by a bunch of Oregon tree huggers that likes to do what we like to do, regardless of what they think, said Frederick Schilling, founder of Dagobah Chocolate, known for its fair trade chocolate at the time of the acquisition. If I am to truly have maximum impact on cocoa farmers and continue to influence the cocoa industry, joining the nation's largest chocolate company is the right move. Some customers didn't think so. Coca-Cola bought Energy Brands for $4.1 billion in 2007. Privately known as Glaceau, Energy Brands is the maker of vitamin energy, fruit water, and smart water. Earlier this year, Coca-Cola was banned from advertising vitamin water as delicious and nutritious, since a bottle contains the equivalent of four and a half teaspoons of sugar, more than a quarter of the recommended daily intake of sugar. Clorox bought Burt's Bees. After the deal went through, scores of customers called Burt's Bees and accused the company of selling out. John Replogle, the chief executive of Burt's Bees, says he personally responded to customers who left their phone numbers. So there you have it, Mama Pop, so folksy, so down to earth, so personal. It gets me right here. Thanks for listening. See you next time, and as the kiddies say, peace out. <coughs>